I speak to you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. In this morning's Gospel, Jesus speaks of the Bible as a seed. A seed, just like the seeds we will plant in another four months. He gave this metaphor to highlight the incredible potential for life within God's Word. Many, many people see it as just another book, but it's not. Like a seed, it's packed full of new life. But also, like a seed, it will not just grow anywhere. The seed of God's Word seeks a heart of good soil, and the key component of that good soil is patience. Of the four types of soil in the parable presented in today's Gospel, the first three failed. When the seed fell on the wayside, the birds gobbled it up. When it fell on the stony ground, it quickly gave way to temptation and withered. The seed that landed in the thorn patch sprouted, but was soon choked out by thorns, which, Jesus said, represent the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. The seed was only fruitful and productive in one area, the good soil. Maybe you have right now a visual in your mind of a plot of good soil. I'm thinking of Carolyn's family's farm on the Skudok Road. The soil where the sheep barn used to stand is still rich, and the vegetable seeds that were planted in it last summer bore tremendous yields. It's very sobering to think that these four soil types represent people. Why? Because only one in four is an honest and good heart which keeps the seed with patience. 25%, that's it. The seed is freely offered. The opportunity is available for everybody, but only 25 out of 100 people will be patient enough to hold on to that precious seed and wait for it to grow. In some ways, that's not surprising, considering the state of the secular Canadian culture in which we live. For most people, the here and now is all that matters. Eternity is irrelevant and meaningless. Immediate answers and instant gratification are the ticket. Therefore, the idea of waiting and persevering is a very difficult com concept. Nevertheless, it is possible for everybody. One scholar noted that the Greek word for patience means to abide under. And he went on to say, patience grows only in trial and may be passive enduring in fruit-bearing. So, the root of patience means to abide under. 
And patience grows, when you think about it, this is so true, patience grows in trial. It doesn't grow if everything is going fine and flowing smoothly. It grows in trial. It may be passive, enduring in fruit-bearing. I find this literal meaning helpful, to abide under, to remain or to stay under something, whether it be a time of pain, sickness, or uncertainty, whether it be under the authority or supervision of another person who's difficult. These things definitely require patience. This kind of abiding involves suffering, long-suffering, a word which St. Paul used for patience in speaking of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, aptly describes what we need, long-suffering. The opposite of patience is passion, from the Greek word pathos. While it carries a connection with suffering, pathos means strong emotion, desire, or affection. In his famous book, Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan makes a clear distinction between patience and passion. At one point, Christian, the main character in the story, meets two children, each sitting in their own chair. The older was named Passion, and the younger, Patience. From Bunyan's words adapted for today, here's what Christian saw. Passion seemed to be very unsettled and discontented, but Patience was very quiet. Then Christian asked, what is the reason of Patience's discontent? The interpreter answered, their governor wants him to wait for his best things, Till the beginning of the next year. But he wants to have it all now. But patience is willing to wait. Then Christian saw, something, saw someone go to passion and take him a bag of treasure. And the person poured it down at passion's feet. Immediately passion took it up and rejoiced, laughing at patience and making fun of him. But as I watched, it was not long before passion had spent it all and had nothing left but rags. These two lads are figures, the interpreter explained to Christian. Passion represents the people of this world and patience the people of the world which is to come. For as you've seen here, passion wants everything now. This year, that is to say, in this life, so are the people of this world. They must have all their good things now. They cannot wait until next year, until, that is, the next world, for their portion of good. But as you saw, patience quickly spent everything and had nothing left but rags. And so it will be with all those who are like him at the end of this world. Then Christian said, Now I see that patience has the best wisdom because he waits for the best things 
which will never wear out. This is a good place to refer to this morning's epistle and the remarkable list of St. Paul's hardships. Five times he was given 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods. Three times he was shipwrecked. And that's just the beginning of the list. Throughout his ministry, Paul was abiding under the wrath of the Roman authorities and the hostility of the Jewish religious leaders. And yet, he persevered with patience and kept the seed of God's holy word and produced much fruit for the Lord's glory. By God's grace, St. Paul exercised the best wisdom because through all his adversities, he waited for the best things of the world to come, which will never wear out. The example of Paul's patience caused me to really reflect on what it looks like to keep the seed of God's word. It seems to me that in order to keep it, I must truly love it. If I am to read it and live by it daily as my source and the source of hope and truth, it must be valuable to me. I must love it and I must cherish it. I read an interesting story about a family who through many generations has carefully preserved and handed down a Bible that was printed in the year 1625. This Bible is only as big as your hand and it's quite tattered, but it's still very readable. In addition to the sacred text written in Old English, it contains some helpful commentary including a description of King David's family tree, a detailed map of the New Testament world, and a rationale for holy baptism. The original binding, of course, is gone, but the front and back covers are tied together by string. The important point remains. Collectively, this family truly valued God's Word, and has patiently kept it for almost 400 years. Think of how many times that Bible has been packed and unpacked in the course of moves and journeys. Imagine how many times it was opened and read. Consider the hands that have held and carried it through all sorts of weather. For me, this was a good analogy of how I must love God's holy word and keep it in my heart with patience. If this is something that doesn't really click with you, but you're interested, trust that this interest is of God by his Holy Spirit. He's prompting you. He's asking you, will you be interested? Will you love my word? I'm willing to fill your heart with the love for my word. So ask him to fill your heart, to make his word valuable to you, and you will notice 
how a difference, how a change comes little by little in your life. St. Paul's patience in so many hardships experienced in a violent culture of the Roman Empire was extraordinary. There are, however, many watching today who have also had their share of abiding under, abiding under cancer or some other disease, abiding under some chronic pain, abiding under an abusive relationship or a childhood trauma, a tragic death in the family, abiding under the effects and the result of an injustice that has cost dearly, abiding under the loss of a job, the breakup of a marriage, any one of these, dem any one of these demands faith and endurance. Sure enough, None of us may come up to the level of St. Paul, but nevertheless, there have been trials and testings that we've felt. And many of you have patiently kept the seed in an honest and good heart. In his sermon to a large congregation at Trinity Chapel in Brighton, England, Frederick Robertson, who was known and admired as a preacher by Charles Dickens, echoed this point by simply saying this, it is the work of a long life to become a Christian. It is the work of a long life to become a Christian. <clears throat> True enough, for many, many people, it is the work of a long life to become a Christian to really come to the point of trusting the Lord and wanting to follow Him. It is the work of a long life to grasp and to live the new life which God gives us in baptism by His Holy Spirit, to grasp the beauty and the potential and the great gift of this new life. It is the patient, enduring work of a long life to keep the seed of God's Word in an honest and good heart amidst all the pressures that come upon us in this secular society. To love that Word and to cherish it week in and week out so that it can take root in our hearts and grow and mature and bear much fruit. Amongst many of his great works, in the same volume as his work on the Holy Trinity, St. Augustine wrote a work on patience. And in it he addresses, I think, a really important question, which goes right to the heart of this whole thing today. He simply asked this, where does patience come from? Where do we get patience? There were many in his time, as there are now, who attributed patience to the strength of the human will. 
Augustine had no time for that idea. It was like the idea of the power of positive thinking. Sure, it exists, and sure, people who are not followers of Christ can be patient. But Augustine was zeroing in on patience, the patience of waiting upon the Lord. He said, it's not due to the strength of the human will. That's false patience, the false patience of human pride. True patience, he said, comes from the Holy Spirit who has shed abroad and poured into our hearts God's love. And true enough, patience or long-suffering is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit which Paul wrote to the Galatians about. This is a key point. What Augustine says about the love of God God's redeeming love, shown to us by His Son, Jesus Christ, bears all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. That's patience. So, said St. Augustine, the greater that that holy charity is in God's children, the more they endure all things for Him whom they love. Patience comes from the Holy Spirit, pouring God's love into our hearts. Augustine was speaking of something simple, but extremely powerful. He said that the human will can rise to any occasion and endure incredible hardship if it trusts in the love of God. St. Paul said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And because of that love, we are able to endure all things. Augustine wanted to emphasize the personal relationship offered to us by our Heavenly Father through His Son. Think about this. As we trust Him, when we really take Jesus' hand, something begins to change. We stop looking to ourselves to control all circumstances. And we begin to trust the one who is leading us. This then enables us to be patient. We, because we believe him. We trust his love for us. And we believe that he's working out his plan for our lives. Daily by His Spirit, the Lord Jesus then is knocking on the door of our heart, wanting to lead us to a deeper experience of our Heavenly Father's love. Progress in our relationship with the Lord, progress in patience, has everything to do with trusting Him. Trusting Him has everything to do with the knowledge and faith that He loves us with an everlasting love. And the demonstration of that love is the cross and Jesus bleeding and dying for us there. The Holy Spirit yearns for us. He is active, constantly prompting us 
to see that the sacrificial love of God in Christ is life-giving. That's the whole thing about this Christianity. It is life-giving, it's hopeful, it's transformative. The cross testifies that God's love is different from the world's way of loving. In the divine love, we have healing, we have forgiveness, and with that forgiveness, we have peace with God and with one another. We receive a new identity through this love. We receive new life through this love. Why? Because in this love and by this love, selfishness has been overcome and doubt has been swept away. And so the song goes, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Doubt is swept away by this love which produces faith. That certainty in the victory of God's love, that faith in Jesus' resurrection, then gives room for patience to grow. To repeat Augustine's words, the greater that holy charity is in God's children, the more they endure all things for him whom they love. Once again, at least for me, today's epistle and gospel have brought a helpful word as we continue in this pandemic. The word to persevere. The word to abide under the restrictions and uncertainties with patience. Trusting in the victorious love of God in Christ. But this word is not all passive. In order for us to be good soil, we need to keep the word. We need to value it and love it. Not like an ornament or a family heirloom, but as God's life-giving word to us. Cherishing it, trusting it, means reading it daily. We have uh, been blessed with this audiovisual equipment that enables us to connect 15 times a week when God's Word is read. The system for reading God's Word in the Church of England was that the New Testament would be read through, for the most part, twice a year, and the Old Testament once a year. And we've been given the opportunity in this pandemic through generous donations to connect online for the reading and hearing of God's Word. Faith comes by hearing. God's Word will not return unto Him void. And although we wonder, and although we bear many frustrations, we trust with patience that He is working out His perfect will. With the Lord, there is always hope. Like patience in Pilgrim's Progress, God can use the present challenge to help us focus on the kingdom of heaven and to wait for the best things that will never wear out. Let us seek the Spirit's help to renew our desire for the seed of God's holy word, to accept it, to make room for it in our hearts every day 
to read it, to mark it, to inwardly digest it, to cherish it, and to obey its eternal truth. Let us ask God to help us to be more thankful for His Word, to really appreciate His everlasting love for us. If we do, patience will grow, and we will be changed, and we will begin to see changes all around us. Now unto God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be ascribed all might, majesty, dominion, power, honor, and glory, as is most justly due, henceforth and forevermore. Amen.